Hi, I'm Adrian, the host of She's So Cool, a female empowerment podcast. This show is for listeners who want to learn about strong and influential women. Welcome to She's So Cool, where you will hear the life stories of female changemakers. Each woman's story will inspire you to embrace who you are, love yourself fiercely, and pursue your dreams. As you may already know, I have a new podcast called She's So Cool Unscripted, where I interview strong and influential women who are pursuing their passions in life. My July episode features Laura Hughes, host of Women on the Road podcast. I'm excited to announce that you can access this episode on my Patreon starting on July 28th. To listen, visit patreon.com slash she's so cool pod. I want to let you know that this episode includes topics that might be difficult for some listeners. These topics include violence against minors and homicide. Please check the show notes for resources about these topics if you or someone you know needs help or support. On this episode, you will learn about the struggles and successes of the gun control activist Emma Gonzalez. Have you ever felt unsafe at school? Have you ever been criticized for the way you look? Or have others ever doubted your abilities because of your age? These are all things Emma has struggled with, and I'm here to share her story. So we can learn how she became a national voice for the reform of American gun laws. In this episode, I will examine Emma's views on gun violence, the future of America, and feminism. Before researching for this episode, I knew that Emma has become an advocate for gun control after surviving a school shooting. If you're a regular listener of the show, you know that I usually tell the life story of the women I feature, yet there isn't a lot of public information about Emma's childhood, so the format of this episode will be slightly different than what you're used to. I also want to let you know that I will be quoting Emma a lot throughout this episode, because it's important to me that I use her words to communicate her views and experiences. She was born Emma Gonzalez in Parkland, Florida in 1999. She's the daughter of Beth and Jose Gonzalez and has two older brothers. Her mother is a math tutor and her father is an attorney for a cybersecurity company. In 1968, her father sought refuge from Fidel Castro's regime by immigrating to New York City from Cuba. According to Wesley Lowry at the Washington Post, Emma loves creative writing and astronomy. While in high school, she served as president of the Gay Straight Alliance, an organization she'd been a member of for three years. In late February 2018, Emma wrote a Harper's Bazaar article where she shared more about herself, saying, My name is Emma Gonzalez. I'm 18 years old, Cuban, and bisexual. I'm so indecisive that I can't pick a favorite color, and I'm allergic to 12 things. I draw, paint, crochet, sew, embroider, anything productive I can do with my hands while watching Netflix. But none of this matters anymore. What matters is that my friends are dead along with hundreds upon hundreds of others all over the United States. This article was published less than two weeks after Nicholas Cruz opened fire at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School with a semi-automatic rifle at 2.21 p.m. on February 14, 2018. Before we continue with Emma's story, I want to honor the 17 individuals whose lives were taken on Valentine's Day last year by sharing their names with you. Alyssa Alhadef, Scott Beagle, Martin Duquet, Nicholas Dwart, Aaron Feiss, Jamie Guttenberg, Chris Hickson, Luke Hoyer, Kara Lagren, Gina Montalto, Joaquin Oliver, 
Elena Petty, Meadow Pollock, Helena Ramsey, Carmen Shentrup, Alex Schachter, and Peter Wang. In a Teen Vogue article from March 2018, Emma wrote, At Stoneman Douglas, the entire shooting lasted roughly six minutes. In that time, the shooter, a former student who conducted this violence in a three-story building known as the Freshman Building, fired at least 100 shots, which hit walls, windows, classrooms, and 32 people. 17 people's lives ended far, far too soon, and each of them had ties and connections to countless other individuals. And all of those people have to grapple with the fact that these students and faculty are gone. According to a Variety article by Claudia Eller, Emma was in the auditorium attending a class when the fire alarm went off. She wrote that students spilled onto the campus to find SWAT teams swarming and authorities screaming code red when Emma and her classmates were rushed back into the auditorium where they took cover on the floor. Emma focused on comforting the other students in the auditorium. During an interview, Emma told Claudia, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't want to go on my phone to check and see if anything was real because I was in a complete state of denial. Claudia wrote that it wasn't until days later that Emma would learn the full extent of the tragedy when she read a story in the Miami Herald and saw the names of the students and faculty members who had died during the attack. In the aftermath of the shooting, a group of students attending Marjorie Stoneman Douglas formed Never Again MSD, a political action committee for gun control that advocates for tighter regulations to prevent gun violence. This organization was initially started on social media using the hashtags never again and enough is enough. Emma wrote an article for the New York Times in October 2018 that said, on the 16th, I was asked to speak at a gun control rally by a woman on the school board. For what seemed like the first time, adults were treating me and my peers as though they cared about what we had to say. I started writing my speech and didn't stop until I got up to the lectern. I gave it my all, all of my words, my thoughts, my energy, every political fact I knew. The speech followed a pattern. I had a thought, I wrote a new paragraph. I filled in the gaps, I ranted, and then I deleted the rants. I had waves where all I wrote was a kind of stream of consciousness. Dawkin Andene wrote an article for CNN that said, As the nation grapples with the mass shooting in Parkland, the young survivors of Wednesday's massacre have raised their voices in outrage to demand action from lawmakers, from President Donald Trump, and from any other adult with the power to do something to make this stop. Emma gave her famous We Call BS speech at a rally for gun control at the Broward County Federal Courthouse in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on February 17, 2018. I'm going to share some excerpts from her speech. I want to let you know that I've kept her words in the same order, but I've consolidated her speech into a shorter version for you. On that day, she said, Every single person up here today, all these people, should be home grieving. But instead, we are up here standing together. Because if all our government and president can do is send thoughts and prayers, then it's time for victims to be the change that we need to see. In Florida, to buy a gun, you do not need a permit. You do not need a gun license. And once you buy it, you do not need to register it. You do not need a permit to carry a concealed rifle or shotgun. You can buy as many guns as you want at one time. In February of 2017, one year ago, President Trump repealed an Obama-era regulation that would have made it easier to block the sale of firearms to people with certain mental illnesses. The people in the government who were voted into power are lying to us. They say tougher gun laws do not decrease gun violence. We call BS. 
They say a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. We call BS. They say guns are just tools like knives and are as dangerous as cars. We call BS. They say no laws could have prevented the hundreds of senseless tragedies that have occurred. We call BS. That us kids don't know what we're talking about. That we're too young to understand how the government works. We call BS. If you agree, register to vote. Contact your local Congress people. Give them a piece of your mind. Her speech was broadcast nationally, and her name began showing up all over on social media. She told People magazine, I was trending on Twitter. I didn't even have a Twitter account. I had to go make one. Soon after, she created the Twitter handle, Emma for Change. After she gave her speech, her friend Cameron Kasky called and asked if she wanted to join a movement. He was getting a group of students together to organize a march on Washington to advocate for better gun laws. In her New York Times article, she wrote about this time of her life, saying, We worked out of Cameron's house in the early days. A lot of my friends outside the movement were having trouble sleeping. Even those who weren't on campus the day of the shooting had nightmares. But for those of us in the movement, there wasn't time for sleep. None of us wanted to stop working. To stop working was to start thinking. And thinking about anything other than the march and the solutions to gun violence was to have a breakdown. Her Harper's Bazaar article was published in late February. In it, she said, I have talked so much in the past few days that sometimes I feel like I might have used up all my words and I'll never speak again. And then I hear someone say something really stupid and I can barely keep myself from snapping in two. We are children who are being expected to act like adults while the adults are proving themselves to behave like children. I'm constantly being torn between being thankful for the endless opportunities to share my voice and wishing I were a tree so that I'd never have to deal with this in the first place. If I'm able to communicate one thing to adults, it would be this. It should not be easier to purchase a gun than it is to obtain a driver's license. And military-grade weapons should not be accessible in civilian settings. You don't drive a NASCAR on the street, no matter how fun it might be. Just like you don't need an AR-15 to protect yourself when walking home at night, no one does. At the end of the day, we don't want people to have their guns taken away. We just want the people to be more responsible. We want civilians to have to go through more rolls of red tape to get what they want. Because if any of that tape can stop those who shouldn't own a gun from owning a gun, then our government will have done something right. All we want to do is go back to school. But we want to know that when we walk onto campus, we won't have to worry about the possibility of staring down the barrel of a gun. A week after the shooting, Emma participated in a CNN town hall about gun violence. Jake Tapper, a correspondent for CNN, opened the event by saying, You're about to witness a historic exchange between survivors of a horrific school shooting and their elected leaders. In this arena are thousands of people whose lives were changed forever, one week ago today when a gunman opened fire inside Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School and killed 17 students and teachers. Four victims remain hospitalized. But since that horrible day, we have seen this community come together, and we have seen an amazing and eloquent group of students with various opinions talk about what they feel needs to change. During the town hall, Emma spoke directly to Dana Lash, a spokesperson for the National Rifle Association, and said, I want you to know that we will support your two children in a way that you will not. Dana responded and said, Well, first off, Emma, I want to applaud you for standing up and speaking out. I want to be allowed the opportunity to talk and have this discussion with you. 
I, nor the millions of people that I represent as a part of the organization I'm here speaking for, none of us support people who are crazy, who are a danger to themselves, who are a danger to others, getting their hands on a firearm. After Emma was on 60 Minutes in March, someone said to her mother, please tell Emma we're behind her, which Beth appreciated, but she said, we should have been in front of her. I should have been in front of her. We're all adults. We should have dealt with this 20 years ago presumably referring to the Columbine High School shooting that happened in 1999. Later that month, Never Again MSD planned a student-led demonstration called the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C. on March 24, 2018. According to the March for Our Lives website, the organization's mission is to harness the power of young people across the country to fight for sensible gun violence prevention policies that save lives. Charlotte Alter wrote a Time Magazine article before the march that said, the youth revolt is being planned in a donated office space in a strip mall, next to a mediocre deli in a small town near Parkland. To get inside the three windowless rooms where the Never Again movement is headquartered, you have to knock three times on a locked glass door and then loudly identify yourself, so the kids are sure that you're not an armed stalker. In parentheses, she said, they have received death threats. The article continues, the students have had plenty of help. They've raised more than $4 million from small donors on the crowdfunding site GoFundMe, plus a couple million more from celebrities like George and Amal Clooney, Steven Spielberg, and Oprah Winfrey. And Women's March organizer Dina Katz is volunteering as a consultant on the march. Over 880 sibling marches occurred in all 50 states and on six continents. It's estimated that between 1 and 2 million people attended the march, making it one of the largest protests in American history. During the march, protesters were urging for universal background checks on all gun sales, raising the federal age of gun ownership and possession to 21, and a ban on the sale of high-capacity magazines and bump stocks in the United States. I didn't know what a bump stock was, but I learned that they enable semi-automatic rifles to fire at a rate of fully automatic weapons, making them as what one person described, a mass murder improvement tool. When Emma spoke at the March for Our Lives rally, she strode onto the stage and listed the names of the 17 victims who were killed during the attack. Then she went silent. David Korn, an MSNBC analyst, described it as the loudest silence in the history of U.S. social protest. The silence spanned for 6 minutes and 20 seconds, which was approximately the length of time the shooting spree at her school lasted. The same month of the rally, Emma was called a skinhead lesbian on Twitter by Leslie Gibson, a Republican candidate for Maine's House of Representatives. He received backlash for his offensive tweet and ended up dropping out of the race as a result. If you don't know what Emma looks like, she has a buzz cut. Many people thought she cut her hair as a form of activism after the shooting, but that isn't the case. In her New York Times article, she wrote, I shaved my head a week or two before senior year. People used to ask me why, and the main reason is that having hair felt terrible. It was heavy, it made me overheated, and every time I put it up in a ponytail, and I looked terrible in a ponytail, it gave me a headache. And it sounds stupid, but it made me insecure. I was always worried that it looked frizzy or tangled. What's the best thing to do with an insecurity? Get rid of it. It's liberating to shave my head every week. In her interview with Claudia, she said, I was super self-conscious because I was worried it didn't always look perfect. And because of that, I was thinking about it so much. So if I shaved it off, it would always look good and always look the same, which is fantastic. My parents wouldn't let me shave it earlier, so I made a PowerPoint presentation to convince them. 
In June 2018, the members of Never Again MSD were inspired by the Freedom Riders of the 1960s and embarked on a multi-city bus tour called The Road to Change. During the tour, they helped over 50,000 people register to vote. The March for Our Lives website says, We also met with family members, community leaders, and survivors of gun violence across the country. This allowed us to expand our understanding of gun violence and how it affects each community differently. We'll never forget each story we heard and each ally we made in this fight for justice. In September, Variety invited Emma to be one of their five 2018 Power of Women honorees, which included a one-on-one interview with Claudia Eller. During the interview, Claudia asked her, what is the biggest impact you and the other Parkland survivors have had so far? Emma responded, we've gotten a lot of people registered to vote. Even if one more person who normally wouldn't have gone to the midterms goes to the midterms this November, I personally will feel that we've done our jobs, and I know it's going to be a lot more than one person. Emma had the opportunity to give a speech at the Women of Power event, where she spoke directly to the audience and said, Everybody in this room is in a unique position because you're here. You have proven to hold power. To each of you powerful women, I say this. You know that you are forces to be reckoned with. You can and have inspired peace and understanding. And most importantly, right now, you can inspire your audience to vote. Now more than ever, women need to continue to rise up. In October, Emma wrote a powerful article for Teen Vogue that said, We Stoneman Douglas students have woken up only recently from our sheltered lives to fight this fight. But we stand in solidarity with those who have struggled before us. And we will fight alongside them moving forward to enact change and make life survivable for all young people. As we now know, Emma has spoken out about gun violence since the shooting at her school on Valentine's Day last year. In her Teen Vogue article, she wrote, Gun violence has torn up many communities across the country, mainly due to negligence on behalf of local and national government to properly regulate access to guns, ignorance to their constituents' varying situations, and willingness to take money from organizations that very clearly do not have the best intentions for the future of the United States. It would benefit us to redefine what assault weapons are, so that when we call for a ban against them, it's clear that we're not trying to ban all guns. No one needs to use an assault weapon to protect themselves while walking home at night. No one should be allowed to use an AR-15 to strategically hunt people, which, in case anyone forgot, is what made us speak out in the first place. Emma and her peers are working towards ending gun violence through the Never Again movement. The Never Again website states, We knew we had to make sure that what happened in our community never happens again. The tragedy at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, has awoken a new generation to the threat of gun violence in America. We cannot allow one more person to be killed by senseless gun violence. We cannot allow one more person to experience the pain of losing a loved one. We cannot allow one more family to wait for a call or text that never comes. We cannot allow the normalization of gun violence to continue. We must create a safe and compassionate nation for all of us. If Emma's story has inspired you to get involved in this movement, please visit marchforourlives.com slash take dash action. I'll also provide the link in the show notes. When Emma sat down with Claudia for her Variety interview, she was asked if she was hopeful about the future of America. Here's her response. I most definitely feel hopeful because I've met so many people who are ready to engage in our political system, and these are exactly the people we need to engage. People who are devoted to the concept of keeping people safe, 
focusing on the rights of people who need to be kept in mind, who need to be kept alive. A lot of people have folded up within themselves, ignoring responsibilities because they don't want to take on the task of fixing the country that has been broken for so long. The fact that it is broken feels like a parent who has not done their job properly, and you feel embarrassed and ashamed for the fact that you don't know how to change the country, how to change the way this parent acts. You don't know how to have pride in a system, a situation that only causes many people pain and suffering. But we realize now that it's not that the system exists, it's that we have a direct hand over the system's checks and balances. We are the checks and balances. In her New York Times article, she said, The lack of communication is what keeps us in this situation. People say, I don't play the politics game. I don't pay attention to politics. Well, the environment is getting poisoned. Families are getting pulled apart and deported. Prisons are privatized. Real-life Nazis live among us. Native Americans are so disenfranchised our country is basically still colonizing them. Puerto Rico has been abandoned. The American education system has turned into a business, and every day 96 people get shot and killed. You might not be a big fan of politics, but you can still participate. All you need to do is vote for people you believe will work on these issues. And if they don't work the way they should, then it's your responsibility to call them, organize a town hall, and demand they show up. Hold them accountable. It's their job to make our world better. I have listeners from all over the world, and I understand this episode is addressing a movement that's taking place in the United States. Yet, I believe Emma's passion and determination for change can be translated to issues that are being experienced in other countries. I understand that there are cultural differences that exist beyond borders, but I hope her story shows you that you can make a positive impact by speaking up and speaking out about the issues and causes that matter to you. When she was honored as one of Variety's Women of Power, Claudia asked her if she was a feminist. This is what she said. Feminism is defined as the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. I do indeed describe myself as a feminist because I believe equality of the sexes and all genders should be the basis our society builds upon. During that interview, Claudia also asked her, what advice would you give to young women? who are growing up in an era when female empowerment is so vital on every level. Emma responded, To young women who are growing up in an era of female empowerment, it is important to remember that quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Many people in this world are not raised to understand the concept of consent in all walks of life, and it's important that abusers of consent not be treated as victims when they are rightfully exposed. Women have the power to do anything men can do. Just as Black people have the power to do anything Hispanic people can do, and gay people have the power to do anything that straight people can do, and trans people have the power to do anything that cis people can do, women need to feel powerful enough to share their stories and make their impact. We forget that half the solution is women being comfortable with who they are and who they wish to be, and the other half is taking down the system and the people who made them uncomfortable and have low self-worth in the first place. This is an effort to be taken on by all genders. Embrace who you are and believe that your story matters. Love yourself fiercely and believe that your voice is worth sharing. Pursue your dreams and believe that you are capable of making a difference. If you want to learn more about gun violence in America, I will be linking an article for you to read in the episode description. I want to thank you for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please tell your friends and family to listen. Although I'm sharing the life stories of these strong and influential women, you may notice that some details have been left out. 
I mention this because I want you to know that I have chosen to highlight specific parts of their stories, because the content has been planned to help you reap the most benefit out of listening to this episode. I'm excited to invite you into my online community. To join, visit patreon.com slash she's so cool pod. If you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to email me at she's so cool pod at gmail.com. You can also see the show notes, sign up for email updates, and provide episode suggestions on she's so cool pod.com. The cover art was created by Gabrielle Bourgeois, and the music was created by Broke for Free. Mm-hmm.